0: Good morning. It's Friday, May 29th. We're reading through the Bible. Our Old Testament reading is found in 1 Chronicles chapters 26 and 27. And we see David organizing here the gatekeepers and the officers that are going to deal with more of the um, practical issues on the Temple Mount and the operation of the worship that takes place there. This is not the Levitical priests. These are very practical positions. There's a budget that's discussed, as you'll see there, in chapter 26. And then in chapter 27, I mean, you can really see this; these commanders here as uh, like the the security officers of the Temple Mount as well. So we get a lot going on here that is concerned with the uh, pragmatic aspects of what's going on as people are coming and going. And there's a lot to take care of as this is the center of not only worship regularly in Jerusalem, but also it is the destination a pilgrimage uh, that is required by the law of Moses and there to come to where the Ark of the Covenant is, where the temple is in this case, soon to be, at least as Solomon builds it. And uh, so there's a lot to do, a lot of practical things here. And the heads of the tribes are all described, or uh, named, I should say, and listed in chapter 27 as well. So we get some more names, which we were used to in the first nine or ten chapters of First Chronicles. Our New Testament reading is the second section of John 11. And you remember, this is about Lazarus who has died, and Jesus shows up, and Martha's speaking in terms of how great it would have been had uh, Jesus been there. Mary and Martha, of course, are the sisters of Lazarus who's now dead, and uh, Jesus asks about the resurrection, and Martha interestingly says, well, I know there will be a resurrection. Now, that's interesting because early in the Old Testament, it wasn't very clear, at least in the understanding of progressive revelation, we don't see with clarity the kind of teaching until even the Babylonian captivity, when it gets crystal clear with Daniel's uh, teaching in particular, as he reveals as God's mouthpiece, as a prophet, as to what's going to happen as bodies are going to be raised out of the dust of the earth in Daniel chapter 12. But she knows that. She's well-versed in what the Bible has to say in the Old Testament, and she speaks of the future resurrection. And then, of course, Jesus uses that as a platform to say, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the means by which God brings people back to life. And I'm also the cause of it. In other words, I am the one who has made that possible in God's economy by having sinners who deserve death uh, to have them raised from the dead. And so this is a powerful section. Of course, it's the shortest verse in the Bible found in this section too. Jesus wept, which is also very curious as to why he would be crying when he's about to raise him from the dead. And we're left just to conclude that just the concept of death is such a grievous and sad thing that Jesus in this very short verse says that he is going to express what we all express when we have someone we love that dies even if we will see them again. Jesus is about to have an interaction with Lazarus in a few minutes and as he said in the beginning part of this chapter he knew it was coming and yet he weeps at this funeral and then of course raises Lazarus from the dead before this section is over. Our community imperative for today that I'd like you to work on after we read through the Bible and give some thought to and plan for is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 8. It says this, So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you, he says about the Thessalonians, not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. So here's the Apostle Paul saying, I'm not just a teacher in your life. I'm not just here to give you information. As we think about our discipleship and the mentoring we do in our life, it's not just about all the work and the study and giving spiritual insights. It's about you and the body of Christ actually sharing your life with people, which is the fun times and the laughter and the meals and all the things that go with your life. It is, as I said, that phrase that is often used, it's life on life. It's not just knowledge, not just information. And so you live your lives in the Context and orbit of other Christians' lives. And I just put it this way share your lives with each other, which sounds pretty basic and simple, but I'd like you to give it some thought today. I'd like you to strategize about that. And even in the comments today, you might want to think about and express to us as to how you have found meaningful connections with people in the body of Christ as to how you've shared something other than just sitting in a seat at church next to someone uh, when we were meeting and having all of those, uh, you know, those serious times of Bible study and prayer. But how have the uh, kind of life-on-life interactions of regular daily life with other Christians uh, edified your life. So maybe you can share a little bit of that. We'd love to hear from you in the comments. Be sure to subscribe, and we'll be back tomorrow as we continue reading through the Old and New Testament.